Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-worker, co-worker, former co-worker, co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. And this is a program that we do live on Facebook and YouTube every Thursday from 6 to about 6.30. And it is a way for us to take the experience that we had for, continue to have for many years facilitating pet loss support groups mm -hmm. that we compiled into our book, The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, to take all of that information and experience and translate it into an ongoing discussion with audience members. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of what we do on the program is we read letters from audience members who share their stories of loss and how they're doing after the loss. And then we give some comments on their stories. And also we have some pictures and we will share the pictures that you sent us as well. You can write to me at kenddv at gmail.com and you can reach Nancy at nsaxtonlopez at csmpc.com. That's N-S-A-X-T-O-N-L-O-P-E-Z at csmpc.com. And all of the information I'm sharing in the beginning here, incidentally, is in the description for the program, whether you're watching the program live on YouTube or Facebook, or whether you're watching a replay, or whether you're watching, you're listening as an audio podcast. So I'm going to run through it pretty quickly. Uh, we do want you to know that if you write to us and you prefer that we don't share what you send us, that's fine too. One or both of us will respond to you in any case. And you can also tell us that it's okay to share certain parts of your story, but not other parts. We'd like when you do let us know uh, what we can and can't share in your in your story, to let us know if we can also share it on our Substack newsletter, mm -hmm. which is now something that allows us to share our correspondence with audience members, our back and forth, and also the photos that are sent. You can also tell us that you'd like us to speak to a certain topic or maybe recommend a guest. Some of the guests that we've had in the program have been the result of recommendations from people who are listening. Mm -hmm. So the Substack is available. The link is, is in the description. It does have a $5 a month subscription fee. It's one of the ways that you can support the work we're doing. You can also share a different a different. Uh, perspective on our work because you'll get to read instead of hear the letters and you'll actually get to see what we write back to people and sometimes mm -hmm. the exchange goes back and forth uh, a few oh, times wow. mm -hmm. you can support our program in other ways as well through venmo through paypal through a monthly subscription and this program we always note is a friend of dakin humane society in springfield massachusetts dakin does all kinds of things that are helpful to the community of people who love animals and take good care of them and it is a place where you can find rescued animals of all descriptions actually dogs and cats and rabbits and birds and guinea pigs and hamsters, horses all kinds of, i don't think horses but <laughs> I'm not sure. Actually, I don't think so. Uh, Dakin sponsors a cost-free pet loss support group that I facilitate on the second Tuesday of the month. It runs 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. Again, it's cost-free. There's an RSVP link in the description. And the next program, the next uh, 
meeting will be on February 13th. So if you would like to join, please, and you know that you're going to be able to make it, please do RSVP as soon as you know, because we cap the registration. It's usually very well attended. And so we've had to limit the number of people who will be able to participate. And so please join us if you think that that will be helpful. And finally, or almost finally, please consider subscribing on YouTube if this program is valuable to you, because when you subscribe, it helps raise the profile of the program and the algorithm that is active when somebody searches for assistance. And also it helps to make a comment, to give a thumbs up, to say that you like the program. That's always helpful. Finally, we'd like you to know that we have an affiliation with a business called Bereave. Bereave is a business that creates these very finely crafted granite memorial plaques. And so here's a picture of one. We have received an example. They are really something there, something that you can put in an outside marker or you can keep them in, you put it inside where you keep mementos. And if you purchase a, a memorial plaque from Bereave, you will also be giving some measure of support to our program. And there is the example. It's one big and heavy and beautifully done. Beautifully done. Yep. Mm -hmm. So Nancy, want to get us started for today? Yes. You know, we try to go in order, um, uh, you know, as they come in of our stories to share with you. Um, and so when Ken and I spoke earlier, uh, we have two stories tonight. And unfortunately, both. Uh, one is a a dog and one is a cat died of congestive heart failure, um, which I, I guess, you know, we've had others, you know, unfortunately our, our babies get the same things that a lot of, a lot of humans get. Right? So I'm going to, I'm going to share the story of Adara and her pup Jinx. I have to write in, uh, in about my sweet pup Jinx, who I had to euthanize Thanksgiving morning. My urge to write in seems to be sim similar to many. I found this podcast in a time of need, and it absolutely provided me comfort and a place to feel less alone. Feel free to share my story, as again, there is comfort in knowing we are not alone in our grief. Jinx was a pup who spanned generations. A Chihuahua Jack Russell Terrier mix, Jinx spent her first year of life finding her forever home, going between, I believe, six families. That's a lot. Ultimately, she ended up with a local groomer my parents took their dogs to when my mom was smitten. February 2010, Jinx joined our crew. I had already moved out of the house, graduated college, had just gotten married, but we are a close family and Jinx was the family dog. She joined a pack to make it three. We had a chocolate lab named Jack, a rat terrier named Duke, and Jinx fell right into place with her brothers. They ran with my mom, snuggled with my dad, and played in the backyard with my younger brother. And when we were out visiting, it was all the cuddles. Jinx was a spunky lady. My mom would take the pups out for a run, and when they would get home, Jinx was right out in the backyard doing zoomies around to get the last bit of energy out. Most summers, you could see a racetrack in the grass from where she would run her loops. She loved laying like spatchcock, which is flayed out, you know, uh, <laughs> legs and like all legs um, in the yard when the sun was out. My gosh, she did love laying in the sun. Fast forward to winter 2019. 
Jack and Duke both passed away within two weeks of each other. How horrible. How sad that is. That was very hard on my family, but probably most on Jinx. She went from a pack of three to being a lone wolf. Her eating was sporadic, and she had a little less pep in her step. Late spring, my dad realized he needed to be in the same state as his employer, and an out-of-state move was in the cards. We only lived a few blocks from my parents, and Jinx had become attached to her three-year-old daughter. She was getting her smoke back, so we all collectively made the decision that Jinx would stay with us until my parents were settled. Every three to six months, we would all check in, and it just felt like Jinx was now settled into our home, and a move wasn't the best idea. Plus, my daughter was obsessed. So Jinx became our everything. Though she often made FaceTime calls to my parents, we always joked that they could say Jinx was away at college with us. Especially once the pandemic hit, Jinx was the shining light. My silver lining is that I'm so thankful that everything fell into place and we got to enjoy all that extra time with her. Lunchtime walks, getting out for vitamin D. She would entertain my daughter. She was the best sport. She would come on all the car rides. If we would go to leave the house, she'd tilt her head as if to say, you think you're leaving me. And most times we would oblige and she would come with. So often I picked up my daughter from school or daycare with Jinx in the car and she would run out saying, yay, Jinx. Jinx ruled our world and she knew it. Fall of 2021, we had a health scare with Jinx. We took her to the emergency vet and they said that she was in heart failure and her prognosis was grave. They asked us if we wanted to consider end of life or we could leave her overnight with oxygen and transport her to the pet hospital in the morning for further assessment. It truly felt like this was not the end of Jinx's story. So we went home in the wee hours of the morning to catch a few hours of sleep with our swollen eyes and get up early to get her to the hospital. We got her there, a cardiologist took over, and soon we had a medication routine in the hope of six months to a year. We were thrilled. A few months later, we were in for a checkup, and she was doing amazing. Her heart looked great. The medicine was doing its job. It was the perfect combination, and Jinx was her spunky spring chicken self. We had echoes every three to six months. She took three to four pills morning and night, and we rarely grumbled anything for our girl. Thanksgiving morning, November 23rd, 2023, Jinx got up with her usual self. I went to yoga and was preparing for a fun family day. I got a call from my brother right after class that something was off with Jinx. I arrived home and my dad, who was in town for Thanksgiving, had driven over and was holding Jinx. She wasn't breathing out almost in reverse gasps, and she wasn't looking anyone's face, which was absolutely her consistent greeting. My dad asked if I wanted to let her have some time at home or get her in, and I wanted to minimize any suffering, so I opted for going in. A new emergency vet had just opened a few miles down the road, so we were spared the 20-minute drive to the other one. Once there, they took her back for an end-of-life assessment. The doctor came in and said she had a tumor that was bleeding out. 80 to 90% chance it was cancer and she was anemic. It would require immediate surgery and we were looking at maybe gaining a few months, if anything. I know I couldn't put my baby girl through that. We FaceTimed my daughter who was at my sister's with my mom. They were able to say their goodbyes and tell her how much they loved her and how amazing she was. I held her as they administered the drugs. It felt as though she had already started to go but that doesn't make it any easier. That decision and that moment is gut-wrenching. 
I just remember him putting the stethoscope to her chest, saying she had passed, and just gasping out. My brother was to my right, stroking her head, and my dad was in the room with us. This is what I mean when I say she spanned generations. That little pup had stolen all of our hearts. I came home and frantically cleaned between bouts of screaming and crying and just being in disbelief. My parents went to my sisters to continue Thanksgiving prep and to be with the grandkids, my daughter included, and my husband helped me clean up, put things away, vacuum and dust. I wasn't sure I could look at her things, see her fur, anything. I was such a mess. My parents told us to rest, stay in, not worry about Thanksgiving, but I needed a distraction and I needed out of my house. So we had dinner at my sister's and all the other family dogs enjoyed turkey under the table, but not my jinxy girl. That hit really hard. Over the next few days, I grieved like I had historically when we lost pets. But once everyone started heading back to their homes, lives, what have you, the sadness really sunk in. In the morning, I would wake up with an instant pit in my stomach and a feeling of dread. But there was work to be done, a house to take care of, and most importantly, be there for my daughter. Throughout the day, I had sporadic bouts of crying. My mom ended up staying with us almost a week, so I didn't have to be alone during the day. I work from home, but my husband works outside the home. With her, when her cremains came home, I felt some peace. And then that evening, I broke down holding that little wooden box. It was like I had her home, but not really. My brain was fried. As someone with clinical depression, after two weeks, I know I needed to start making some shifts just to, at the very least, keep myself afloat. I was making smoothies when I could stomach putting anything in my stomach just to get nutrients. Stepping out in the sun if it was out, drinking my water, distracting myself with work so I didn't get behind there. I then started seeking therapy and ultimately made an adjustment to my medications in partnership, partnership with my doctor. In the past, I have dealt with situational depression and this unexpected event coupled with dark winter months ahead created a scenario to make a temporary adjustment. I'm in a month and a half out from losing my pup girl, my jinxy girl, little pig, pickles, dust pig, pickles of the wiggles, spatchcock, dear leader. I feel more myself and I can get through the day, but I still have moments of sadness and I cry when I say my prayers at night. I will forever be indebted to my jinx. I will love and cherish her forever for the companionship and love she gave us all, especially the memory she shared with my daughter. I hope that someday I will see her running towards me at the Rainbow Bridge, which will happen. She was such an amazing, integral part of our family. We all love her so much. I actually put her bed back under the Christmas tree and hung an ornament with her picture right above it. At first, I didn't think I could handle reminders, and now I want to remember her and hopefully smile more often than not. But I also embrace sometimes it will be crying, especially in the beginning while this is still all so fresh. I want to make donations in her memory. We donated her leftover medication food to a rescue and are finally starting to talk about when adding another furry family member is in the cards. My cat, Faith, who we've had since 2009, would like to chime in here and remind us to be cautious. I occasionally feel some anticipatory grief when I look at her, but I'm trying hard to just soak her in and be glad in the moment she is here. My eyes have been opened to a new level of grief. I'm so thankful for your podcast. In the early days, I would put on the podcast to accompany me through my workday. So now I'm basically caught up and have to be okay with my once a week fill, which you are doing 
the comfort and community you are providing is such an asset. Thank you. What a sweet story about her. It sure, it sure is. And it's so comprehensive in terms of the various ways that she experiences her grief and the various ways that she helps herself stay on track. And I appreciate that she mentioned that she lives with depression and that she yeah. pays attention to the, re the reality that at times like this, you really have to be mindful of, do I need to see my therapist more frequently? Do oh, I, I need a medication adjustment? And medication, she, yeah. Yeah, I mean, she, she attended to all that in a way that is just really great. And, and her commenting on living with depression normalizes that. I mean, it's something that's really important because so many people do and it's important to destigmatize that. And I also, one of the things that really stood out for me, and there's so much in this story, is the way that she made sure her daughter could FaceTime one last time. And yeah. included, even though she couldn't be there because things were happening fast, she included her in telling her what was happening with Jinx and allowing her to say yeah. goodbye. And that, that's just really important, I think. And also, it was interesting that as soon as the euthanasia happened and she went home, she cleaned, right? Yeah. She she, she yeah. had to she unload that energy, yeah. right? That she didn't know what to do with herself, right? Yep. So she and her husband cleaned the house. And I can I can understand that, you know, oh, because- sure. yeah. One, it's also, you know, that's the kind of thing where, like when my Abigail died, I came and I took this fencing that sort of protected our little dogs from coming too close to the door. I took it down immediately and I started cleaning where they have yeah. their food and whatnot. And I, I later on put it back because it would be very important for the next dogs who came into our life. But I think, I think that's one of those things where you sort of desperately try to reassert some measure of control. Of control. Exactly. <laughs> and that's what we do. Yeah. So, because it, there's it, no control over death. Yeah over illness or death. Yeah. And we so we, we try to create some order, some yeah. like mastery in these little places because mm -hmm. we are so out of control when this but happens. I also love that that her little kitty was like, hey, <laughs> well, let's just see. Let's, let's, let's just be a little cautious here about bringing another furry little person in here. Now's my chance to be the, uh, the one and only for a little bit. We have a comment. We have a couple comments. Uh, let's see, Marnie. Jinx was a beautiful girl. She was lucky to find such a great family to love her so much for the rest of her life. So thanks, Marnie. Beautiful. Thank you, Marnie. And uh, Debbie says, I went for a walk. My little chihuahua enjoyed walks, and I had to go walk when I got home. Yeah, uh, well, that's, that's important to do the yeah. walk. Thank you, yeah, Debbie. Yeah, we do these rituals that re help yeah. us remain close right help us close and better. controlled right yeah. okay we can go do this and feel better yep yep so right. we want to thank adara if i'm saying and, correctly yes, for, that. for jinx and, and jinx for sharing a story of jinx and so now we'll we'll uh, read cindy's story about her rusty rusty love so let me actually put up some pictures of rusty yeah before rusty I get love. so rusty was a beautiful cat oh gorgeous and we just, why don't we leave 
and that's actually Spike, who was uh, oh, yes. his friend for, for a while, so for quite a while. So let's leave Rusty's picture up. And here's her letter. Hello, Nancy and Ken. From the bottom of my heart, I want to thank you both for creating such a beautiful and safe space for us to share our stories and support each other in our grief process. To me, losing an animal I have cared for is like losing a part of myself. And writing this email has been very cleansing for me. I apologize for the email being so long. That's really unnecessary. A lot of people, I, a lot of people say and that. And they're comprehensive and you know, they're they're fine. I'm sure you're used to receiving long emails from grieving pet parents. I appreciate you allowing me to share my story. You can use my name and Rusty's name and pictures freely if you share this with others. Thank you again for being such caring individuals. The baby I want to talk about today is my Rusty, my everything, my number one, my soul kitty. I can say with honesty that there'll be never, there'll never be a time that I do not love Rusty with all my heart and soul. Rusty and his siblings were born under my friend's shed, and shortly after they were born, their mother was hit by a car. My friend bottle-fed the kittens and got them ready for adoption. I wanted Rusty as a friend for my three-year-old cat, Spike, and they loved each other right away. Two months after adopting Rusty, Spike was thrown into congestive heart failure after receiving an injection to treat what my vet thought was asthma. I chose to treat Spike with medications and regular visits to a cardio specialist, even having fluids drained off his heart and lungs. Spike lived a year after being diagnosed. He and Rusty were the best of friends. I'm going to just put that picture up again. Spike and Rusty. Yeah. Let's see. After Spike's medical issues. After Spike's medical issues, I swore I would never put another cat through such stress. A little while after Spike passed, Rusty was diagnosed with a heart condition. He also had some episodes of bladder stones and had to stay in the animal hospital a couple of times. The vet suspected that Rusty didn't receive the proper nutrition during his early years due to bottle feeding and therefore didn't develop properly. By the age of two and a half or three, Rusty was on heart and kidney medications that he took twice a day for the remainder of his life. He lived 11 years taking medication daily, eating veterinarian-prescribed food, and seeing the vet more than most cats, I admit. But oh, what joy this sunshine boy brought to my life. In 2020, when Rusty was eight, our lives changed. I left my husband of 20 years, and we set out on our own. Since 2020, Rusty and I have moved a total of five times, eventually moving from the East Coast to Middle America. Each move, each change, Rusty embraced them all. With his strong and patient. Who stole the hearts of all who met him along our journey. The lifestyle changes were hard on me, but Rusty always kept me grounded and present. I realize now that I relied on Rusty more than I knew. He was more than a cat to me. He was my rock, my support. We lived on love and enjoyed being together more than anything. He never stopped purring and making me smile and light up inside just by his presence. He didn't hold a title, but was to me an emotional support kitty as he kept me motivated and gave me a purpose in life. In July of 2023, I went on a trip and my friend kept Rusty. When I got back, my friend expressed concern over Rusty's weight loss and breathing rate. In the nicest way, he wanted me to know that he saw what he saw just in case I was turning a blind eye to his deterioration. 
I had seen that Rusty was declining and had just taken him to the vet and gotten a clean bill, bill of health. In the weeks that followed, Rusty stopped playing, which one of the, was one of the first times to me, signs to me that something was wrong because he was such a player. He slowed down his eating and he wasn't pooping or peeing much. I started thinking he may have a hairball and gave him hairball treatments as recommended by the vet. I believe I may have given him too much fish oil to help hairballs one evening in September, and he became violently ill. When I took him to the vet the next day, they took x-rays and saw some IBS, which I imagine is irritable bowel. Irritable bowel syndrome, yeah. The vet gave him an injection and, and sent him home with some oral medication. Several days after the injection, I noticed Rusty's breathing was accelerated. I took him back to the vet and was shattered to see the look in the vet's eye as we discussed Rusty's heart issues. This was the vet. This was a vet that had only been seeing Rusty for a few months and seemed as if he had forgotten about Rusty's heart issues. My heart sank as my memory flashed back to the injection that was given to our three-year-old Spike. Same injection. Oh no, I was devastated. Rusty lasted two more months going to the vet several times with no real diagnosis. I knew in my heart that it was because I knew the signs all too well. He was in congestive heart failure. The vet confirmed this through an x-ray on the Friday, number November 18th, as he showed me fluid he had pulled from Rusty's chest, something I never wanted another cat to go through. I didn't know the vet was going to drain the fluid, but I realized that he meant no harm. He didn't know that I'd been through this with another cat. He gave a large dose of Lasix and sent us home with some for the weekend. I was to return to the office on Monday. During the weekend, there was a noticeable change in his appearance. He seemed so distant and his eyes were sunken. His breath was shallow and rapid. My boy, who used to weigh 20 pounds, was now down to 11 pounds. His hair was unkempt and he used to be impeccable with cleaning himself. The signs were there. He was tired and it was his time. I knew in my heart that even if I had many more years with Rusty, that it would never be enough time. The appointment was set for the morning of Monday, November 20th. I stayed right by his side that Sunday before as we spent the day in love, peace, and and the morning of Monday the of November 20th, I stayed right by his side the, the Sunday before I spent the day in love, peace, and joy. Sorry, I'm repeating that. I, I took him outside to stay as long as he wanted, hugged and loved and held him all day. I kept telling him how much I loved him, and I know he could feel it. He was strong, brave, and peaceful until the end. Rusty gave me so many gifts that last morning as I laid in bed, lapping up every sound and feel of Rusty. I woke up to Rusty laying on my leg, which he barely did as he wasn't much of a lap cat. I also heard him eating a little of his food as I laid in bed. I had so much food sitting around for him, just begging him to eat. I heard him scratch and scratch in the litter box. It was music to my ears because that is how he used to wake me up every morning when he felt well. He also jumped up on the bed instead of using his kitty stairs as if he was saying, look at me, I'm strong and brave. When I was in the bathroom getting ready to go to the vet, I watched into the bedroom as Rusty's little eyes and ears were sticking up out of the cardboard box, peering at me with love. I started second guessing my decision, thinking maybe he was going to be okay, but I knew in my heart he wasn't okay and I had to take the loving step to euthanize. Even though I knew 
we were going through the end. I never pictured life without Rusty until after he was gone. And now the silence is deafening. I know if he could, he would try and ease my pain with his rusty love. He took care of me and taught me how to give and receive unconditional love. In many ways, Rusty completed me. I am so very grateful, thankful, and blessed to have had my sunshine boy. It's amazing to think that all the time that I thought I was taking care of Rusty, he was really taking care of me. Thank you so much for letting me write Rusty's story. Your podcast has been a godsend to me. I can't imagine going through this grief without it. Thank you again for all that you do to help heal the hearts of many. Cindy. You know, there's a couple, this is another wonderful story. And it, and it's so, all the emotions are there that both of these people have, are, you know, have put out on paper. Um, the, the, what happens is when we have one of our companion animals, when you get into the soulmates um, or heart dogs or cats, they go through so much life with us. Look, she went, she got divorced. They moved five times, but he was her constant. And it was like he was her man. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, he was her best friend. Right. Well, yeah. but, but he was a male. Yeah, he was her man. I mean, I used to call Hank my little man, yeah. you know? And so I, I love that because that was her connection. He was her support. He was her support for and sure. Her love. And, right. and she... You know, we often hear this idea that when we rescue an animal, actually we're the ones being rescued. <laughs> I mean, I and know we I are a lot of times live without my emotional support dogs. That's right. I, I believe every pet is an emotional support pet. I agree, <laughs> but it's true. And and yep. and if you and if you look at uh, if you ever saw the movie um, Sea Biscuit. Um, and that's the horse, you know, yeah, um, yeah, and uh, Toby McGuire and some other good people. Who was the other one? So they're famous. I can't remember. Um, but at the end, they said the horse saved them. Mm -hmm. They mm -hmm. saved the horse, but the horse saved them. And and this is what we're talking about here, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we don't realize we take such good care of our of our babies, and they, we get gifts from them. Um, but we get really great gifts from them, right? Absolutely. And, and, and here again, we've been getting a couple of comments about euthanasia and about oh, some people are averse to euthanasia. And we always talk about it as euthanasia is the gift you give when there is no path back to health right. and all that lies ahead is suffering. And so I'm totally for euthanasia. I think it's really an important gift. And I actually know one person who is a, a friend of mine, uh, actually the, the partner of a friend of mine who himself was euthanized because he was very, very, very sick. And he knew that there was no coming back from it. And, and so I, I think it's something that really is important for people to think through if they're feeling... You know, they say, some people say things like, you know, only, only God should make that decision and, or, or, you know, we shouldn't do this to animals or to people. And I, I feel completely the opposite. I feel like, I feel like it's just really important that we have that option. And, and as in this case, both cases, yeah, it, it is employed very lovingly and carefully. Yes, and thoughtfully. <laughs> 
careful. And with and with veterinarians and yeah. with their families. And yes, and it's, you know. it's, the, it's the way to ease death. It is so, not the way it, you're not killing them. No, making, the disease being, is killing the disease them. Is ending their life or an accident or some mm-hmm. kind of infirmity is ending their life. And you are easing the transition by using the technology that's available through euthanasia. And also, again, we, 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 the stories we hear, they're always in consultation right. with veterinary professionals, with family members, with those who know this friends, friends. really well. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's just something to, and I, I really appreciate uh, Cindy sh- sharing this story, Adara sending their story. Yeah, uh, because no, great. beautiful. These are, these are important for people to hear and to certainly there. There's such detail in both of them that many people are gonna feel very connected to both. What well, was interesting too, because right at the end, you know, um, you know, the Sunshine Boy um, <laughs> started started to be a little more active, right? Right, the, right, the morning of the euthanasia. Yeah. And yeah. what she said is, oh, my God, am I making the right decision? But I know yeah. that he's sick. Yeah. And so it's all, it is the right decision. I mean, you, yeah. you made the decision very carefully. We have a bunch of comments. Let's see what we've got. Uh, we saw some of them before. Okay. Um, Orange boys are such great kitties. Rusty is beautiful. Oh, he is. We have Jinx ended up with a family she was destined to be with. What a wonderful dog and family. Cindy. Oh, Cindy. Thanks so very much for sharing my story. Prayers to Jinx and family. Such a beautiful story. Well, thank you, Cindy. We're happy we could share your story. My man, my best (laughs) friend, Steve. Agreeing with you. That's great. (laughs) Sweet Rusty, Cindy. He was at peace in the end. You gave him that gift. Oh, it's beautiful, totally. Grace. Thank you, Grace, under fire. Uh, thank it's you, my, Marnie. Um, let's see what else. Otherwise, is fooling oneself or laziness. I'm not sure what. Summer Rose. That might be part of another message. I'm not sure. I lost my soul guardian a little more than a week ago. So we do have somebody who says, no, it's not the right decision. I'm sorry if that's not popular. See, when I hear this, well, first of all, I think it's okay for people to share. Of course. Good. I mean, we we welcome any kind of comments. But I also think that it's ill-informed because they're not there. They didn't see what was going on with this situation. They didn't know the details. We've, We've had cases where somebody will get really riled about the treatment that is provided by a veterinarian to their friend's pet, their friend, their friend's companion animal. And, and the friend will be at like really upset because they're trusting their vet. And what I always think of is there is, you know, it, it, it doesn't help to be, critical from a distance like you don't really know the details like that mm-hmm. that person who's making the the critique doesn't really they weren't close to the situation so sometimes people make make these kinds of judgments and they're not based on any real knowledge of the situation at hand and so it's just and, a it could be just her belief right yeah <laughs> yeah exactly so we have uh so appreciate these stories i lost my soul guardian you know? yes i'm sorry There's lots of loss that so we appreciate everybody who's with us yes and, and, and uh, thank you for, for joining us and 
uh, Nancy, always a pleasure being with you. And also, I just want to remind people, please do, please do uh, subscribe on YouTube if you think it will be uh, helpful for other people to hear the program, because that's a way that it rises in terms of the visibility and accessibility to others. So thank you all very much. Take care, everyone. Yeah. Bye-bye. See you next week. Yep.